Hi, and welcome to the Oikos Family Podcast. I'm Sonia Wood, and I thank you for joining me today. Today's podcast, I'm going to share with you part two from the Abundant Life series. Part two in the series is all about my own personal medical history, just skimming across the surface of sharing with you um, the history and the cancer diagnoses that I got along the way, and just basically the backdrop (laughs) to the story of my personal journey through cancer and my journey to abundant health and abundant life. And I'm sharing this here in the hopes that whoever's listening can take something of it that might support their life as far as them taking steps towards an abundant life if they have currently have a health crisis or not or know somebody who has a health crisis or not and they just would like to find ways to make some changes um, towards a more abundant living. And this particular part two in the series is more giving you the backdrop of what prompted these very dramatic steps that we took towards abundant life. So part one was the brief medical history of our daughter and son. And then now part two, I'm going to share with you the brief medical history of my diagnoses. And this is all just to lead into the reasons for and why we ended up taking such drastic steps towards changes in our life, which then resulted in us living an abundant life, which is now what I'm sharing with you in the hopes that it will be helpful to somebody. So without further ado, here is part two. I hope you will find it helpful. Part two, a brief medical history of my journey through cancer. The first cancer diagnosis was uterine cancer. I had surgery and was then put onto oral chemotherapy as a precautionary measure. I was safely in remission for nine months, and then on a checkup visit with the specialist, it was discovered that I had a lump in the breast. I was immediately admitted to surgery, but not before I had signed a document granting my permission for the surgeon to do a mastectomy if need be. After recovery from the surgery, I gladly discovered that I had only undergone a lumpectomy and again was put onto oral or tablet form chemotherapy for a three-month period. After the three months of treatment, I went into remission and had a clear report for the next year. At another checkup, I was diagnosed once again with cancer. This time it was malignant melanoma. I had surgery once more to remove two lumps on the skin, one of which was in the shoulder which required very deep surgery. There was a concern that perhaps the cancer had spread to the lymph glands. More chemotherapy, and yet again, thereafter, I went into remission. All the way through these years of treating various forms of cancer, I at no point was ever told about any natural way of treating cancer, and I never once looked for any other treatment option. Each time I was diagnosed with the next cancer, I simply followed the guidelines of the specialist and never considered any other way. I never knew there was another way to consider. I never once was informed of the importance of nutrition and lifestyle changes to help fight the cancer. It was while I was visiting the States where I had been called to speak at a home educator's convention 
that I once again began to show signs of being unwell. I brushed the warning signs aside. I did not listen. I chose to ignore that my body needed attention. I had become quite blasé about being diagnosed with cancer and going for surgery, having the chemo treatment, going into remission, getting cancer again, and so on. I seemed to have become accepting of having cancer diagnosed and continuing with my daily life as I knew it. I just had the odd inconvenience of having surgery for cancer and the awful side effects of being on chemo treatment. Remember that during all of this, I still needed to be very focused on my children's chronic medical needs, so I saw these cancer diagnoses and treatments as interruptions in the care of my children. I never took these warning signs seriously, and I did not pay attention to the crisis my body was in. By early 2004, I began to experience symptoms which, again, I tried to push aside. I firmly believe that cancer is not something which prowls around looking for a victim, such as a dreaded virus which, if it finds you and enters your body, you can call yourself a victim, maybe. However, if our lifestyles are in order, our immune system strong enough, then even those viruses which try to assail us will not have as much chance to take their hold on our body. But cancer is another story. Cancer is waiting to take a hold of us, lying in wait like a thief. And if we neglect ourselves and do not take heed of the warning signs, symptoms, which attempt to get our attention, if we ignore those and continue to deny our bodies the care they should be given, then we are responsible for allowing the cancer to take its grip. Some people have said to me that if I say this, it will cause cancer sufferers to feel guilty about the cancer and that would be bad. Well, as mentioned before, this is the story I have to share of my own personal fight of cancer and my strong conviction in this is that the manner in which I neglected my body resulted in my suffering from cancer. Besides, I also believe that had I not come to this conclusion, I perhaps would not have had the same strength of resolve to take up the responsibility of putting things in order the way God was directing me to. Back to 2004. After many years of neglect, however, finally my body gave in and I was taken to hospital hemorrhaging. While there I was told that I needed colon surgery and tests done to establish exactly what was going on. I did not go for the surgery. This time it was not because I was ignoring my body, but more because we had begun to pray and ask God to direct and guide us through this health struggle. Both Greg and I were very convicted in our hearts that I must not go for the surgery. I believe we felt strongly about this, mostly because the last anesthetic I had for previous cancer surgery had had a very devastating effect on me, and that I did not recover as I should have in the recovery room an emergency action had to be taken for me to be revived. Greg and I were very aware that my body had had enough. Together with this awareness and more earnest prayer, we knew that surgery was not going to be an option this time around. We had learned through this that a more active, continual prayer life is necessary. Instead of going for surgery, I went home. We then waited on God to show us the next step. All the while I was hemorrhaging, the bleeding coming from my colon. Up to this point, we had never taken my cancer so seriously before the Lord, and now we were, because the alternative was for me to have my colon removed, chemotherapy, and hopefully go into remission from the cancer again. 
yet this time around remission seemed less likely than previous bouts of cancer. The cancer was now advanced and very serious. It was quite clear that the return of each cancer diagnosis the cancer was more aggressive. With this final diagnosis being so serious and us feeling so strongly that I must not go for surgery, we had only one place left to seek help, God and his word. He stands at the door and knocks. Let him in, then you'll experience how he took the pain on the cross. During our waiting on God to show us the next step, we began to search his word for help. I was unable to do the necessary research, as I was too ill for this. The word was all I could manage. Greg is not the researcher in the family, and besides, he was taking care of the children, which included the medical care of Missy and James, as well as keeping some form of formal learning routine. I was confined to bed, doing the best I could manage with home educating the children from my bedside. In fact, I'm still amazed to this day how we managed to continue with our home education, learning lifestyle at home while I was bedridden. James, who was only 10 years old at the time, was making drums, and he had kept on running into the room to show me the next stage of development of his drum making. He had cured some buckskin, which he acquired from the reserve we live on, and then he had stretched it onto the drum and laced it. I was impressed with his ability to continue learning naturally, even while his mother lay so ill in bed. Missy was kindly helping me with James's formal learning, his language, maths and so on, and she was being very independent with her own studies. Greg was running Oikos, which is the family ministry which our family runs, and been very diligent to nurse me as well as Missy and James. You can just imagine how this grew our family bonds beyond what we had ever known before. Sadly, I have heard many stories of how such extreme circumstances often put pressure on families, that the result is often a broken relationship rather than growing ever closer. I do believe, however, that our growing closer was more a result of our being so reliant on God and having to search His Word day by day for guidance and support. Another blessing of this time was how Missy took care of me in a way that I had never expected considering her age. When I commended her on this, she simply said, But Mom, you of all people should realise that I would know how to take good care of you. After all the years you have taken care of me in hospital, and while having my infusions at home, you have been teaching me how to take good care of someone who's suffering. Missy would bring me trays with little notes on them and a vase of freshly picked flowers from the garden and a scented candle. She would run bubble baths for me and put candles in the bathroom and lovely fragrant essence, and each time I expressed my amazement at her thoughtfulness, she would simply remind me that this is what I had done for her. Little did I realize at that time, when I was caring for her, that I was teaching her how to care for someone who is suffering. I never once thought that my caring for her and her brother was in fact teaching them how to have compassion and how to care for others. This is yet another lesson God showed us how important the training and teaching of care and compassion towards others is. The children were learning these lessons through their own illnesses and the care they received during that time. God so graciously showed me how the life skills lessons they were learning were of such great value to Him. 
We did, however, not completely neglect their formal studies, but as you can imagine, they were very far down on the priority list. Yet today, both of them are well-equipped academically, in spite of the academics not being the priority. I stress this point again, because it is one of the great lessons he taught us through this time, how he added the things, such as the academic needs, when they were needed. Matthew 6.33 But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Our family were pulling together and we were getting through. It was an extremely difficult time because I was in constant pain and always feeling the temptation to run to the hospital. I thought the hospital was the place for me to get help. I was so desperate. But God had other plans for us. Every time I felt the temptation to run to the place of my conditioning, Greg would remind me that we must first pray, and when we did, I was always strongly convicted not to go to the hospital, but to stay home and wait on him and put our hand in the hand of the one who stilled the water, put our hand in the hand of the one who calmed the sea. We were to walk in childlike trust and press on fearlessly. I could go on, give you further details here of how the cancer was spreading by the day, and as obvious tumours were noticeably growing because one of the tumours was a large rectal tumour, which was causing extreme discomfort, pain and concern. But instead, I've categorised the various aspects of this journey into sections, parts, throughout this book, for easy reference for someone who would like to refer directly to specific sections, such as a practical step of pain management or diet, etc. Matthew 6.34 